Thank you. And yeah, I'll just pray. Thank you, God, so much for all the amazing stories from this morning. And we just want to give you glory and honor and praise. You're magnificent. You're a good father, Lord. Amen. Um, so it's really difficult to get nice pictures of our family. Um, this is us. We're in Cornwall now, um, beautiful part of the country. And so my wife, Mary, she's really sorry she couldn't be here. She's due in April with our fourth child. Um, and she has horrible cold. And um, yeah, so she's resting at home with Joel, our two-year-old boy in the middle there. Hannah and Eloise are around somewhere here today. Um, and yeah, so I, unless you want to stare at us for a while, maybe we can just um, flick to like a blank slide for a minute. Is that, is that okay? Um, if you've got your Bibles or Bibles on your phone, um, flick to Mark 16. Uh, we'll come back to that later on. Um, we're not going to do that right now, but I'm just seeing where, where we're going to go. I think I might go somewhere slightly different than where I originally intended. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you just quickly a bit about um, our background or my background. So, I grew up in, and my parents occasionally took us to church, to very liberal churches. I didn't, never heard the gospel until I was 14. I was sat on the computer, on the internet, and I read that you could give your life to Jesus and have eternal life. And I thought, that sounds like a great deal. I'm going to do that. So I did that age 14. Um, I, I didn't have the blessing of the, like a community like we have here. Um, so it wasn't until I was 17, 18, just at that point in my life, uh, that I came into contact with other um, people that were born again. And um, uh, one of them invited me to a service in a church. Actually, it was an Anglican church, but it was quite similar to here with worship. And uh, I sat in the pew, and I bowed my head to pray my prayers. And uh, I had this overwhelming sense of peace. And it lasted like two seconds. And at the time, I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, this is some spiritual experience. I have to remember this. And... Um, of course, it was the Holy Spirit, uh, but at that age, I was just doing what every 18-year-old was doing. I was going out, drinking too much. Um, I liked women and all the other things that, you know, just coming through the end, tail end of teenage years there. Um, and it took me a month. I really wrestled with it. I was like, oh, if this is, this is real, then this needs to take everything. I can't, this can't just be something I do on the side or something I do on Sunday or, or whatever. This needs to take everything. And, um, and I, you know, like I was saying, I was living this lifestyle. And I started going to church, still living the same life. A month later, um, I went out. I got way too drunk and ended up sleeping with someone, which I had kind of in my infant Christianity thought, actually, no, you know, I think sex is for marriage. And I'd, I kind of held that as a principle that I wanted to keep. And so doing that, I just the next day, I remember driving, probably still over the limit and pulling over and, and going, God, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. Like, actually, it, that's it. I'm done with my life. Um, you have it. You can have everything. Uh, and so went to university uh, a week later. And um, yeah, we, so yeah, started my training. Um, I'm going to skip over a few things. So we were out in Bethel in school there. 
And actually, that's probably where some of our story starts in terms of doing outreach stuff, so scattered servant sort of thing we're talking about here. Um, basically, there we saw amazing miracles. I saw we're out on the streets praying for people, and we'd see people get healed. Um, people that had no faith, no faith background or anything, or touched by God. We'd pray, uh, and then something would happen, and we would say, "Hey, man, that was isn't that great? God loves you. See you later. Bye." And that was good, but something was missing, but we, I hadn't quite realized it yet. And we came, uh, so my wife, I'd met my wife at university, we came here when we first got married, we were here for three years with Hugh and Ginny, uh, and it's really great to see so many friendly faces. Um, we, and we did that here, we went out treasure hunting, and, and we saw much the same, and, and that was exciting. Then we, like we, uh, Nigel said, moved around all, the, all over the country, so in Nottingham, in Lincoln, and in Lincoln, something happened. We started going out treasure hunting, and we didn't see anything. And we, we kept up and going out. And then I just remember praying, God, we really want to see healings, miracles, and we want to see people saved. And we just prayed and prayed for that, and we started seeing it. Um, we started seeing... Um, uh, I led three people to the Lord uh, on the streets. Uh, first guy, uh, he was, I think he's from Cyprus. Uh, I was in House of Fraser. He, had, um, he was on crutches, had a, like a smashed up ankle from a road traffic accident some years before. Um, essentially, I prayed for him. He had uh, some partial healing of his ankle. And I said, hey, Jesus told us to heal the sick and tell you that Jesus wants to have relationship with you. So what do you say? What's your answer? And he said, yeah, I'd like that. So I prayed with him, led him to the Lord, went to Waterstones, got him a Bible, gave it to him, gave him my phone number, and I said, hey, that's our church down there, you've got to come on Sunday. And I never heard or saw him again. And I walked away from that encounter feeling like, actually, I shouldn't have said that. I should have said, you know what, Thursday night, come around my place for dinner, and I'll tell you more about Jesus. And that probably brings us up to... um, where we are in Bosnia now. Um, so, uh, can we get back on the OHP? Um, so, Bosnia and Herzegovina, um, place, former Yugoslavia. Um, so you've got Italy, Spain, Italy, kind of Croatia here, Bosnia, and then Serbia. This is the part of, in geography, I never bothered learning the names of any of these countries, because, yeah, um, but here we are. So, um, I think we've, as we look at Mark later, I think we're, we're called, we're called as a body, we're called individually in some way to support what Jesus was saying at the end was, you know, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. And signs and wonders are a huge part of that, um, which we'll come to. Uh, yeah, we, why Bosnia? Everyone always asks me that. Um, it's, it's a long story, um, but we, we Felt led, you know, like people say, oh, I had a dream and, and different things. We just felt like God was putting it on our heart. Maybe we just felt not was sure, like maybe Bosnia is right. And we knew someone who was working out there. So we thought, hey, let's just go out and do three weeks out there. See, um, see what's going on. So, um, yep, this is uh, a map of Bosnia. You probably haven't heard about Bosnia since the beginning of the 90s. Uh, so there were... Um, hold on, just flick and see what the next slide shows. Oh, yeah, me in the airport. Um, so, yeah, Bosnia. Um, two million 
Bosniaks. They're Muslim background, um, and only 100 known followers of Jesus from amongst that whole people group. 100 out of 2 million. And this is Europe. This is, I find that insane. Um, so war happened back in the early 90s. So Yugoslavia broke down. Uh, the Croats, the Catholic Croats in Croatia, the Bosnian Muslims and the Serbian who are, Serbs who are Orthodox butchered each other. It was uh, horrendous. There was genocide there. Um, and actually, I, I'm, Bosnia has moved on, and in some ways it, it hasn't. It, it, still, it still struggles. Um, I try and remember off the top of my head, it's something like 40% youth unemployment um, in the country still. Um, but it is, it is amazing. Um, so just to prove that I have been there. Um, <laughs> uh, so this is Bastasha. Um, so we, uh, so Sarajevo was built by um, the Turks originally, and they built it around this well in the center of the city. And it's incredible. There's huge mountains around. And if you're into skiing, it's uh, nine pound for a day pass. So it's <laughs> a great place to come out. And um, so, yeah, um, actually I'll flick to, um, uh, these are my daughters, and got many laughs going down the street in that. Uh, and yeah, just, we were catching the train, took a picture out of the window. Uh, I don't know if you can see it very well, but there are such beauty in this country. Um, and that's the bridge. Some of you might remember there was a big thing uh, where the Serbs blew the bridge up in Mostar. Red Bull now have their diving championships off there every year. Um, and like I said, just look how awful the photos are of our family. But, um, yeah, are we going, I'm going to get back to that. So, um, so this, uh, this is me obviously, and this is uh, Naida next to me, and then Bea down the end, and that's Kat, she's an American who works out there full time. Um, We've got an Airbnb for our time out there. We're, we're there in May. Uh, last, yeah, so we're there in May. Uh, we had three weeks there. Got an Airbnb, and about uh, these two ladies, uh, mother and daughter, are Bosnia. Uh, their Muslim background. Uh, about two days after we're there, I'm out in the garden, and they're hanging the laundry on the line. So I go out and I say, "Hey, um, have you got any pain or any illness?" and uh, Naida speaks really good English, actually. Beer, not so well. Um, but they said, actually, Beer has a slip disc in her spine, and she's had 10 years of severe back pain. Um, so I said, well, can I pray for you in the name of Isa, which is Jesus, uh, for that? So they said, yes, of course. So I laid a hand on Beer, prayed, just simple prayers like we do here. Um, and the Lord completely instantly healed her. And I said, uh, do you know why that happened? And they said, no, we would like to know why. <laughs> and I said, well, uh, Isa was God. Jesus was God. He died on the cross for all the wrong you've done. And God raised him from the dead. And for some people, this message is really difficult to believe. So God gives you this miracle to help you know that what the message we're sharing is true. So they said, everything you say is true. Um, the next day, uh, we got... Uh, Bibles in Bosnian off the American team uh, who Kat is part of and we gave them to them and said hey um, do you want to come and learn how to read it with us so they came in the evening 
uh, we sat around and we, um, we did a discovery Bible study. I know some of these things are familiar to a lot of you. A really simple uh, Bible study tool, which if we have time, we might touch on. Um, and um, yeah, we, we, did, we, we started doing this Bible study. And about halfway through, uh, Naida says, this is really good. I really like this. I have a friend. She would love it. Can we meet again on Monday so my friend can come too? Uh, so we met again on Monday, and we ended up doing three Bible studies with them. And after we left, uh, they carried on meeting with the Americans. Um, and I don't know how to flick to like a blank screen for a second. Is that all right? Um, it's what we what we carry here, what we have in terms of signs and wonders, is huge. And if you look through Acts and you look through uh, the Gospels, it's clear that. The power is for proclamation. Someone said, power's for proclamation, not for party. Uh, I like to, yeah, I like, but it's, it's good, it's good. But um, actually, um, miracles are such a huge part of proclaiming the gospel. And for me, in my journey, if we go back and back and back, first of all, nobody ever told me the gospel. Then I learned the gospel, that's great. Then I come across signs and wonders, and this is, this is all good. And then it's the marrying of those two together. So it's the praying. Uh, so, um, for example, in the UK, uh, where we're at now, we live in Cornwall. Our neighbor came over one day, said, oh, my, um, my wife's gone over on her ankle. Can you um, just look after the boy, uh, the kids, so we can go and get an x-ray in A&E? So I went over there, prayed for her ankle, and got healed. And so just kind of shared a bit about faith, and that was fine and great. And so then another neighbor, diagonally opposite us, she was like, every time you talk about faith, something inside me really kind of comes alive. If you're ever doing anything, I really want to, I really want to come. And so Mary and I were like, oh, well, we should probably do something. Um, so, so actually, we did, we did an alpha course, um, and we got four of our neighbors off our street to come, and we sat, we ate food, and we did alpha, just you know, like we do here. Um, and uh, the next door neighbor came to faith, and the other lady came to faith, um, and um, Mary has carried on meeting with our next door neighbor for the last six months, every Wednesday morning, doing a discovery Bible study with her, going from uh, creation to Christ, and just seeing her discipled. And yeah, I, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's... I feel like in our, in our day and even in re- full restoration of what we saw in the early days of the church, both go hand in hand and people are crying out for eternal meaning and, you know, for the gospel message. And a, a healing is just such an incredible, powerful way into that initial seed of faith that people really need. Um, yeah, if we can go back... Um, uh, I'm just looking at the time. Um, Go back to a picture of uh, Bosnia. Actually, I can do it. Sorry. Um, So in Sarajevo, this kind of Turkish place. um, Yeah, I'm meant to be talking about why we're going. Anyway, um, we... 
Yeah, so this Turkish Ottoman city, uh, they're the whitest Muslims you'll ever meet. Um, they're Slav by background. They converted to Islam about 500 years ago when the Ottoman Empire pushed up that far and kind of held on that boundary. They've lived under many years of communism, so there's uh, the, the, uh, a lot of, um, like the Arab world will call them like the back, most backslidden uh, Muslims in the world. Um, so we were there for Ramadan and some of them would, um, some of them were fasting alcohol for Ramadan, uh, which if, if you know much about Islam, that's, that's probably, yeah. Um, but yeah, so we were out there in May and um, we, so we saw that with our landlady and I was out on the street uh, with another guy. Uh, actually, I was with Hannah, uh, this little one. And we had, uh, I asked them actually, the children, what's your favorite thing about Bosnia? And they said, number one, sladoled, which means ice cream. Uh, number two, watching TV. And oh, number three, oh, it's good. It was a really good punchline, but it's gone now. But it, you get the point. They're like, they're that age where they just, they don't, yeah, really get it. But um, so I'm with her eating ice cream. That was where that came from. Um, and a boy sat next to me on the phone and then um, on the bench, really hot day, and he's out, got his um, smartphone out and he's playing this like racing game. And I say, hey, um, I tried to practice like Doberlan, uh, Kakaste, which is like, hello, how are you? Like, Yasam, David, Yasam, Angles, which if, you're, if you speak Serbo-Croatian, it's terrible. I'm like, my, yeah, my pronunciation is rubbish. But he, just making conversation with him and saying, do you pray? And he said, I actually, he's still playing on his phone while we're chatting. He's like, actually, yeah, I'm fasting for Ramadan. And um, I was like, okay, cool. And um, I said, do you know why I ask you that? He said, no. I was like, well, you know, I pray and sometimes, you know, I see great things, like I've seen amazing things that God's done. So do you have any pain or any illness? He's like, no, no, I'm good. So he just carries on on his phone. And I could see his like nose dripping. And I was like, oh, um, do, do you have hay fever? And he's like, yeah, I do. I was like, well, can I pray for that? And he's like, yeah, sure. He's like, still not really interested, just like driving. So I put my hand on him and I just pray, Lord, like just come Holy Spirit. I command all this like illness to go in Jesus' name. And he was like, whoa, what was that? Puts his phone away. He was like, when you... When you prayed for me, when you touched me, I felt heat and power come into my body. What was that? Well, that was Jesus. <laughs> he died on the cross. You know, he rose from the dead, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And, and we will see it in our day that these things are normal. And, and the most fruit we've seen is with our neighbor next door, where we prayed for her. God did something. That's great. Sometimes nothing happens, but actually most people are blessed even if nothing happens. And then we get to disciple her because she's next door, whereas these guys, we're not there, so we can't really disciple. What's happened um, in Bosnia is after the war, loads of American missionaries came in. Um, they uh, put in loads of money, built like... Um, a U.S. Baptist church in the center of Sarajevo. Now, the U.S. Baptist church is, I, I love the people there, it's, it's good. But if you kind of get like the cultural, this is like this Turkish Ottoman city. You've got this Baptist church with a sanctuary and a pulpit. And we sing Tim Hughes and Matt Redman with Bosnian words. And we expect the Muslims to come and worship Jesus. And no one has. So a lot of these churches are like 20 to 30 maximum in size. And most of the people in these churches are... Westerners, there are Americans that are working there or missionaries, and there are very few, if any, 
Muslim background people in them. So there's something there has to change. I mean, we're putting up, um, we're putting all this junk, you know, all our cultural junk before the gospel, and, and they can't access the gospel because of it. So um, I've got a video, but I don't have time. Um, but <laughs> essentially, it's just getting people together, not individuals, but just saying, you know, like with Naida, it was Naida and Bia, and then her friend, and we get a group together, normally families, and we sit down, and we eat together, and you know, I, know I, don't, I don't necessarily preach the gospel or anything like that. We just go through and we share a scripture. So if you're in Mark, um, we've kind of got five minutes for this. Um, yeah, I'll go to you. Ignore Matthew. He's great, but Mark is also... I felt like the Lord was saying about Mark this morning. Um, so... If you can, just, make, just quickly get into groups of like four or five. Um, I'll do this like super quick. Um, so everybody, shift your... Um, groups of four or five of you, make sure no one's left out. If you've got a Bible in between you all, that's great. And I just want, um, first of all, someone in your group is going to read it out loud to the group. Uh, sorry, Mark 16, verses 14 to 18. Mark 16, 14 to 18. So one person read it out, and then I'm going to move you on. So one person read it out. So once you've done that, um, I want someone else in the group, try to not look back at the scripture. You can if you really have to. Just repeat that scripture back in your own words. Easy. Okay, I know we're rushing through this. Um, but once you've repeated that back in your own words, I just want people to answer this first question. What does this scripture tell us about God? What can we learn from God about this scripture? Normally this might take like 45 minutes, so <laughs> we're trying to do it in five. Um, and then yeah, what, what does this scripture tell us about people? What does the scripture tell us about man? And what does this scripture tell us we ought to do? So I, I was hoping we might be able to take ages on this and get some answers back and forth from, um, from the congregation. Um, but yeah, if you kind of return to your seats now. Um, there is the fourth question, but whenever I ask that in most groups, people kind of ignore it or just like kind of mutter about something different. Um, but it's a really important question to be in there and encourages that, especially for people who, th this tool, I have to say, works just the best with people who have no church or believing background. Um, and they've never looked at the scriptures before. Um, and so yeah, the last thing you can see, like it just encourages, even from before they come to faith, that I'm gonna share with my neighbor, I'm gonna share with my friend who would be really interested. And it, 
it just encourages that spread of evangelism. Now, Paul Phillips tells me there's like a thing at the back which has all the questions on it if you're very interested. He says, take loads of them. Um, but um, I've done this like similar thing once before and what kind of came out from the, um, what does this tell us we ought to do? I mean, there's clearly like the, for some, I think as a church, it tells us to go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. I think, you know, there's a call for us as a church to, to think beyond um, our local area and to think to the farthest flung places in the world. Especially, I think, you know, kind of like people ask, why are you going for us? And we're like, well, actually, and they're like, you know, there's so much need in the UK. And, um, and there is, but, you know, most of these people will never meet a follower of Jesus. And so if I, I, we're just planning on getting out there and, and doing life. And um, so for us, we're taking that as we're going to go. Um, but what, what we really need and, and kind of what I really appreciate from Nigel and, and the support Nigel and Joe have given us so far is we can't go alone. Um, we cannot do this um, by ourselves. Um, someone told, had a picture for me. I know I, guys are familiar with pictures. Uh, he emailed me and said, it's a picture of a spear. And there's two parts, the spearhead and the spear shaft. And he said, you and Mary and your family are like the spearhead. And if you go by yourselves, you can do a little bit of damage, you know, if you throw just the spearhead. But the shaft is, um, is a sending team is um, you're supporting churches and individuals in the UK. And if you have a strong sending team behind you, you can, do, you can have much greater impact. I thought that was a really nice and encouraging picture. Um, and so some of us, hey, some of us can't go. Some of us have got other things that the majority of our focus is on. Um, and in, I know like in, uh, so we're with Frontiers. We're going out with Paul Phillips organization. Uh, there's a banner at the back and a sign-up sheet. Sorry, I'm going to, come into land very quickly um sign up sheet at the back uh we're holding a lunch upstairs i've got enough food for plenty of people to come if you're if you're interested in come back sorry pray pray for us please pray um we really want to get people behind us uh, that will commit to holding us before the lord while we're away like i know some people when i pray for people i'm, I'm like God bless, you know, so-and-so. And then I might not think about them for another year. We're just after people that will pray for us faithfully. Uh, for us. So we're going for a minimum of five years um, out there. We need to learn the language. Um, we need to just do life out there and build up those friendships and connections. Um, so we, we need people to be praying for us, firstly and foremostly. And then um, supporting us uh, financially. So we receive no um, finances from our sending organization. Everything that we have to go is uh, churches and individuals uh, who have committed to giving us a, a monthly amount of money. And, and actually, you know, some people, one of the poorest people I know, she lives in America, she emailed me the other day and was like, I really want to support you. I can't give much, but I'll give a little bit every month. And you know what? That just blew us away. Uh, just so incredibly blessed by that generosity. Um, so how can I, it, you might be sitting there thinking, how can I fulfill the gospel, this, what Jesus has commanded us to do? Well, Pray, pray for us and pray for the other families that this church has sent out and are sending out and wherever you have individuals, because I know there are lots of people here who, 
you know, you have people overseas that you pray for and you give to. And um, well done, that's a really good way of fulfilling the command of Jesus. Um, and go. So we don't want to go alone. We've been asked to set up a new team by Frontiers in Bosnia. We're going to probably land in Sarajevo, capital city. Um, we don't want to go alone. We don't feel like we're called to go alone. I mean, it's crazy. If you're a leader, you know, people are meant to follow. And, <laughs> and just, yeah, we're really praying and believing God for families and individuals who will come and respond to this call with us. And you might say, oh, I, you know, I don't know if Bosnia is the right place. Or, well, actually, we're asking if you feel in your heart just burning, like, actually, this, you know, this is God's doing something. Come to lunch afterwards. We're just going to be upstairs in the youth room and um, come out with us for like a week, three weeks, something like that, maybe in September and um, uh, later on in the year and come and see what Bosnia is like. Come and just discern. Go on that process with the Lord. And if that's not Bosnia in the end, if that's some other country or if that's no country, we're happy with that. But I'm just all about encouraging people to take the next step forward. Like um, Joe was saying with Scattered Servants, if, you know, for Mary, Mary's, um, my wife is less kind of, out, um, I'll pray for anyone, I don't really care, uh, but Mary, like, finds it really difficult to even, you know, share with someone that she's a Christian, or, or she has done in the past, she's better now, but, so at one stage, for her to tell her friends that, you know, she goes to church and she believes, that would have been a really big deal for her, and so for her, I would have said, actually, what I'm going to encourage you to do is kind of step over that line, so what's the next thing you have to do? And for her, that would be telling her friends, you know, I, I'm a person of faith. Um, and so, yeah, same for mission. Like, let's, let's go the next step over the line. Um, yeah, well, I'll pray. Um, and we're upstairs, people who are interested in um, just kind of being part of that beer. Um, so at 12.30. And the sign-up sheet at the back, if you can't make it upstairs, I've just done a sign-up sheet. If you would drop me your email, I'll just drop you an email. You can sign up to our newsletter, and then you can pray for us, and we can be in contact. Um, sorry, I'm going to do one thing. I just feel like um, there's people here who, this is like, yeah, something, in, yeah, something inside you is burning, and you're like, you heard my story of coming to faith in Jesus. And you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on that journey. Like, I'm, I'm somewhere on that journey. And um, I'm not going to ask you to give your life to Jesus right now. Um, I want everyone to just close their eyes, bow their head. And if you haven't been baptized as an adult, like baptized in water, then I call you now to repent, turn away from the old life, just like you heard about my old life, turn away from that and believe in Jesus and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. So if that's you, and I'm just going to call you to... Um, just put your hand up in the air, uh, like the stewards can see, but no one else is like really watching. Just put your hand up in the air if you would like to be, receive water baptism. I'm not talking about right now. I don't think I've got time to do that. But yeah, I just feel like there's a call to. This is the this is the gospel message. Um, 
Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So if, you, if you're interested, you want to be baptized and follow Jesus, then just raise your hand right now. Good. Good, nice and high, so I can see if that's okay. Great, we've got three, three folk. That's awesome. Um, stewards, would you mind just um, identifying those people just so we can have a chat with them afterwards? Actually, if, if that's you, and maybe you felt, actually, I couldn't put my hand up, but I really would like to be baptized in water. Then after the service, come and speak to Nigel, um, and, and we'll just we'll do that after. Um, but yeah, Heavenly Father, thank you so much. I just bless everyone in this room, and I thank you for all the wonderful things you're doing uh, in Winchester Vineyard and around the world. Uh, for your glory's sake, in Jesus' name, amen. And uh, I just felt when I was talking to David um, a few months ago that we were meant somehow to be part of that shaft of that spear, that, that, that God was calling our church to be part of that. We don't know what that looks like exactly, practically yet, but we felt that this was a journey we needed to go on, which is why we wanted David to come. And you can hear his heart and you can hear what God is already doing. And there's a real message here, by the way, um, that I want us to take a note of, and then we're just going to have ministry time. Um, because I think God is wanting to do some more stuff. I think there's some healing things that God wants to do here. But just before that, I want you to notice something. I've had tons of people come up to me in my life and say, I think God has called me to be a pastor or a church planter, or I think God has called me to be a leader, or I think God has called me to be a missionary, or somebody, you know, some, some big calling. And I say, great, what are you doing about that? And they say, I am waiting. And this is an example of how if God is calling you to do or be something particular, particularly significant for him, that means some sort of life change or some sort of, some sort of training course, then don't wait, just get on with it. You can see that whatever God was, I mean, you probably didn't know about this three or four years ago. You know, you didn't know probably where God was calling you to, that it was going to involve this whole you know, journey to uproot all your family and go to a different country, but yet you were doing it anyway. Because actually, when we just get on and do the things that God is calling us to do, when we get on and become scattered servants in the communities that he's put us to, then we learn, then we get trained, then we get experience, then we grow in our, in our character, and then God can use us and take us on. Does that make sense? And so actually, we are ascending church. We are called to be ascending church. And some of the people we send go a long way away and have some visibility up front and sometimes receive some finance, either from us as a church or from some of you guys. And I'm sure that will be part of this story. But actually, we're ascending church in that everybody here is sent. We are all sent to the places we live and work every single day. So why don't you stand together and why don't we just welcome the Holy Spirit. He's already here and I just want to take a moment to... to uh, just wait on him and see if there's anything else he wants to do this morning. So Lord, we have celebrated. We have celebrated your goodness and we have just in awesome wonder celebrated um, these miracles that we've heard about earlier. And now we're celebrating uh, just this family and their journey and how you are calling them to go to a place where there are hardly any believers and where people like them are supposed to go and tell others about Jesus. 
And Lord, as we celebrate all that you're doing, we welcome your presence once more and we thank you. We thank you for your ministry, Holy Spirit, and we thank you that you are here. And we open ourselves up to your call. And we acknowledge you're here. Worship guys, why don't you start to make your way back as well. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And if there's anything else that you want to do today, Holy Spirit, we just bless and welcome and encourage you into this place. We acknowledge your incredible power, your wonderful love and mercy.